Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast it's the football podcast. Everybody's here, everybody's in attendance. We're talking all the games that have been, all the games that are coming. Only a few this week, so you know, look out for those. Um, transfer news and everything in between. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment, drop any reviews you want to drop, and if you've got a football fan in your life, and they're not checking out this podcast, slide it their way, time to get all over it. Right, let's get started, so here we go, this is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Well, those dulcet tones tell you all that you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to another week of football chatter. With myself and uh, some of my uh, close personal friends, um, we'll, uh, we'll go around and we'll just introduce them one by one. Uh, Nottingham Forest super fan, Matthew Moore. How's it going, Matthew? <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, talk about picking your timing, Paul. Come on. He's frozen at the same time. Was, was, that, was that retort a bit too chilly? <laughs> uh, it, I mean, he looks like he's really enjoying himself, if it's any benefit. Should, should we introduce ourselves then? <laughs> <laughs> the irony, the irony. So this the is it. He, he's, like... he's broken the internet by actually going for the full introduction of all of us. <laughs> um, I, I'm here. There's, there's very few podcasts nowadays that I am not here, but not not all. Um, Stu, would you like to tell us a little something about yourself? Yeah, um, my my name's Stuart, and I'm a, a, a no. That's a different meeting. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm back, night. back from my travels. I have Wi-Fi connection, unlike Paul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm I am back. Um, Fully gone now. Probably to um, not score any points, but I'm, I'm sure uh, Paul will fill us in uh, on that coming I mean, up. You, you'll definitely have got points because if. Uh, if you do, if you if you haven't managed to get any points from the Forest game tonight, spoiler alert, then you did something seriously, seriously wrong. <laughs> I'm still here. It's Paul that's gone. I'm still here. I will be getting zero points from the Forest game this evening. <laughs> Unlike all the money I won. What? All the money. What? I didn't have. I didn't win money on six nil. No? I mean, like, I, I didn't put a bet on because I, I, I don't do such things. No, I, I had. It's one of them. It's one of them games. In we're going we're to get to it later. I feel like we're going to tread on too much ground if we go into that. Now. Should we? Whilst we're waiting for Paul to come back, should we talk about transfers for the teams that we can talk about whilst we're here? Yeah. Have Middlesbrough had any transfers? Maybe that. Maybe that's. The saving grace. Middlesbrough might not have done any transfers. <laughs> uh, well, 
I can have a look at that, but we can do the whole signings to start with. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we've got a confirmed signing, and we've got one that's almost over the line. So confirmed last week, after we recorded, or after you guys recorded, the signing of Cyrus Christie on a free transfer from Fulham. Uh, so from what I have seen of him in the games he's played so far, Paul was exactly right in the sense of he can definitely go forward, but unfortunately for us, he's supposed to be a defender. So um, we, we'll see how that works out, but yeah, he's, um, he, has, he has played already. Um, Cyrus Christie? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he played for, he was on loan at Forest the season, uh, the season before last? Maybe the season before that, in fact. And yeah, yeah, he's not a good defender. He's for a right back. He's not a good defender. Um, but then that is also, like I said, welcomes him into the. Has played for all three clubs. So has played for Middlesbrough, Forest, and then yeah, finished it off with the with the signing for Hull. Um, so yeah, yeah. So this this episode will be therefore henceforth known as the Cyrus Christie episode on the basis of this is this is the podcast after. But yeah, um, it's it's another signing through the door for Hull. Uh, again, we've we've discussed this about Forest and about the amount of amount of signings that the team has made. It's gonna there's that whole thing about them taking time to gel. But something that came out this week was that um, currently Hull have twelve first team players injured. So it's not like we don't need the help at this point in time. So I'm I'm sure that. Whilst there was always going to be a lot of changes this summer, perhaps if uh, some of the injuries hadn't have, have occurred, we might not have had quite so many. Um, but yeah, and obviously Longman came back from injury this past week, um, and then might have got injured again. I'm not sure on that one. Possibly in the QPR game last night. Um, so yeah, so it's it is a bit of a bit of a tricky situation at the moment, um, and as such. They are also looking to strengthen up front. So this past Monday, uh, Dimitrios Pelkas, who's a Greek international from Fenerbahce, had his medical, and then was in the stands in the sat with the owner for the QPR game. So apparently he's been signed to help with a link-up play to help get that creativity between midfield and, and the forwards. So. Uh, and he's not shy of scoring a goal or two himself. So again, it's we've got quite a lot up front at the moment, but there's only really kind of one guy putting him away. So if it helps share that load a little bit, then uh, all donations gratefully received, as they say. So yes, yeah, so that's that's not official yet. Uh, nothing's been officially announced, but it's kind of looking done and dusted. So we'll probably be able to talk about that one as confirmed, hopefully this time next week. What have you got for Forrest, Matt? So we, I think like last week we kind of talked about it. We had this uh, very un- an unusual kind of transfer. We had Huang Li coming from Bordeaux, but I think his flight went, it didn't come Bordeaux to Nottingham. It went from Bordeaux to Athens, I think, where Olympiakos play. So he was signed apparently for about, Four million pounds, but then immediately loaned to Olympiakos. 
for reasons best known to the finance team at Forest slash Olympiacos. Because why we're signing a 29-year-old to go on loan to them for a season, God only knows. I assume, I'm going I'm to make an assumption here, um, We uh, for, for much kind of derision within the Forest fan ranks, because it's the most important thing to worry about, there's no shirt sponsor at the moment. So I presume maybe at some point some South Korean uh, company might be sponsoring us for a lucrative amount, maybe, possibly. Um, uh, but yeah, so that, that one was a weird one. Uh, we then also signed uh, Renan Lodi from Atletico Madrid on loan initially with an option to buy for £25 million, um, a Brazilian international, uh, apparently. Um we have rumours of Bully coming from Wolves to help us in defence and Serge Aurier, which is also meant to help in defence, but we'll see about that one. And leaving the club um, initially, uh, well, first first player out of the club, I think there'll probably be a few more to go over the next day or so. Uh, Alex Mighton has gone to Sheffield Wednesday on loan for the rest of the season. I was surprised he's gone to League One. I, th- I'm su- I thought a Championship club would pick him up. I think he's probably good enough to play in the Championship, um, but hopefully he'll go there and thrive. And will he play again for Forest? Probably not. I would go with, but um, but hopefully he can go and get get experience and find somewhere to play. So we've covered Hull's um, inns. We've done Forest's business, as it were. Paul, what did you have for Middlesbrough? Uh, well, it's actually been a pretty quiet week um, at the uh, Borough. Um, as, as I was recording last week, Matt Clark was rumoured, but not over the line, which was then completed standard from where it comes uh, to us recording. The day after we finished record. Um, so he came in and played on Saturday against Swansea. Made his debut, I believe, in that match. So that might give you an indication as to uh, how they got on. But uh, as it stands, no no confirmed ins or outs. Obviously, transferring to itself is due to close tomorrow. And I think Wilder was uh, was said in his, his post-match press conference last night after... Um, the game against Watford that he wants to do at least at least another couple of bits of business, maybe get two, if not three, over the line. But he doesn't he doesn't envisage there being a doubt or it would just be people coming in. Um, apologies for that little technical difficulty there where I just, you know, disappeared off the face of the earth for a good about like five or ten minutes. But uh, I'm back now firmly in the saddle, so to speak. Um I believe that's all that's all the transfer news covered. Excellent. Yep. We'll uh, we'll dive straight in then on week five's predictions. Um, we start in uh, in Humberside, where Hull were taking on a Coventry City. Um, quite a uh, quite an entertaining game, by the sounds of it. Uh, you want to take us through the details, Mister Woodmansey? 
Yeah, so um, I wasn't lucky enough to be in attendance, but I did listen to this game live um, and then subsequently watched a lot of highlights afterwards. It was what seemingly probably the most exciting game of the season for Hull so far. Uh, so the, the final score was 3-2 to Hull. Um, uh, Oscar Estepinian scored a hat-trick for Hull. It was the first... Now they're rolling out the stats now. It was, his, it was apparently it was his first hat trick, but then Holt turned that into is the first like Ghanaian to score a hat trick for Hull, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Who signed from the NFL to be in your stats team at this point in time? It doesn't matter. He scored three goals, and none of them will ever be featured on the greatest goals of anything because they were all poachers' goals. But guess what? what he's in the side to do and he did just that so uh, he scored on the 11th 42nd and 56th minute Um, however there was two goals for Coventry and those were scored uh, one penalty by Godden penalty given away by Tobias Figueredo in the 29th minute and um, yeah he can stand and scream at himself all he liked after the challenge but it was definitely a penalty Um, and then Godden scored again with a header in the 69th minute. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <I laughs> At least two of Esther Pinion's goals were right place, right time, shall we say. And I'm pretty sure it was more of a case of it, the ball hit him rather than he put himself in the position to actually score. That makes sense. One one um, of the one of the pundits had remarked that if you measure the distance from the goal line to him, <laughs> for all three goals would still probably be less than two and a half yards. Yeah, Gary Gary Lineker's, uh, you know just just sat there just thinking, lads, I've, I've scored from further out of this before, of course. Um, but from a predictions perspective, happy days, everyone across the board had a full city win, so we're all on the board with a point at least. Both myself and Andy had 1-0 wins with Tete to score the goal, so just the one single point there for the result. Um, Mr Woodmercy went for a 2-1 hole win with Tete again, and uh, Yukaresh to score the goal for Coventry, but he did have Estupinian to score, so two points there for Mr Woodmercy. And for Mr Moore, 3-1 for Hull City, so so close, so close. If Godden could have just, you know, kept himself not as greedy, just had himself the one goal, that would have been a tasty two points there. Oh, but, um, go at goal, I said, just think about the kids, or me. Eight points. <laughs> selfish, selfish. But, um, whilst uh, Mr. Moore did, uh, did two fan and Tete to score for Hull, he also and for Coventry he picked Gordon so goal scorers to go along with his result Matt gets himself three points so myself and Andy on one Stu on two Matt on three after week five's first game we move to the northeast, where mighty Middlesbrough took on Swansea City um I think I think we said on last week's podcast this was just a doesn't matter how it goes in, just make sure they win, get the result, 
get themselves sorted, get 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 a win on the board, and then they could go from there. And thankfully, they did oblige with this one. Swansea seemed to be just completely out of sorts and just had absolutely nothing going for them by the looks of it. So they they very much gifted us the uh, the opener. Um, Riley McGree opened the score in the first half, and a second was added not too uh, not too long after that by Matt Crooks. Um, the the only the only sour note for the afternoon was uh, that. Um, they did concede a penalty in the second half to give them a slightly nervous after Joe Pirot stuck the penalty away. But they did manage to hang on and got themselves a 2-1 win. Um, there's, there's an incident that happened in the Spurs game that we'll come on to later, which was somewhat similar in the Middlesbrough-Swansea game in that after a free kick was given to Middlesbrough, uh, Isaiah Jones decided the best thing to do with the ball was to do a little bit of Keith Yuppie and uh, run away with the ball. Um, Swansea's Ben Cabango did not take too kindly to this and uh, decided to give old uh, Isaiah Jones a bit of a bit of a shove off the ball, to which uh, the Middlesbrough players all decided to crowd around him and uh, you know tell him that he's uh, not a very nice person, probably in slightly different terms. Um, but then... Um, Sadly for Mr. Cavango, he was given a second yellow card on the uh, subsequent red. So uh, an early bath for you, Mr. Ben Cavango. Um, from a predictions point of view, again, happy days. Everybody had a Middlesbrough win on this one. Uh, myself, Stu and Andy all went for the single 1-0 scoreline. Uh, I had forced to score. Didn't happen. Stu had Mowat to score. Didn't happen. Andy, however, had crooks to score. Excellent little bonus point there for Andy. Matt was obviously thinking goal crazy and just got his uh, got his results the wrong way around as he went 3-2 in this game. So if he'd have gone for the earlier game, he'd have had two points there. Um, he had Hoppy and Force to score for the Borough, but he also had Crooks to score for the Borough, so another little duty point there. Um, Cullen and Oberfemi to score for Swansea, so no points there, I'm afraid. So currently, at, at the uh, from a prediction perspective, myself on two points, Stu and Andy on three points, Matt surging a lead with five points on this one. We move to Nottingham. Uh, Nottingham Forest taking on at Tottenham Hotspur in uh, what, what on paper was a very tricky uh, second home game of the season for Nottingham Forest. Did it turn out that way, Mr. Moore? So, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I, it was one of those ones where you kind of sit there, you sit down to kind of watch it or listen to it, and you think, don't concede early. And then duly obliged with conceding early. So, like, five minutes in, conceding the goal. I think this is... This, you know, well, 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 we kind of we'll probably talk about it a little bit afterwards but obviously you know the kind of general kind of thing is that they've invested a lot of money in the lot well they've invested a lot of money and a lot of time in bringing in a lot a lot of players and the one glaring thing that i always kind of sat was that they've only brought in one defender and the three defenders that bought that came up took us up last year are not mobile not the most mobile defenders would be a polite way of putting it. Um, and for the Kane goal, there was just, they backed off and allowed him to run and, you know, he kind of, 
it looked like he kind of duffed it into the corner, but the problem is sometimes with Kane, you think, well, maybe he did that on purpose. Um, once he did, uh, so once that, they kind of held pretty pretty tight, um, conceded a penalty for the second home game in the trot. Uh, Steve Cook handballed it. I don't know what's going on with that one. Somebody needs to sit down and have a word with him because you know, you're not going to get away with those ones. Particularly with VAR, you know they're giving away inadvertent ones. They're giving penalties for inadvertent ones, and that was just a blatant handball. It probably should have been a red card, to be honest. Um, then uh, I don't know what happened. So the second goal, they give the ball, give the ball away, or got muscled off the ball. Looked like they kind of everything had broken down. To which Richarlison crossed the ball, and Kane was. I mean, had acres of space just to tuck it in the back of the net it was shocking to kind of hit and then every time every time it came onto the tv after that i was subsequently annoyed by it but we'll get on to other annoying things of richarlison who'd been on the pitch for five minutes fair enough had contributed to the goal then decided to do a few little kind of keepy uppies just to waste some time um unfortunately for him he then miscontrolled the ball uh to which then Brennan Johnson miscontrolled the ball, which he took the ball back and Brennan Johnson kicked him in the air. And then just to add on to that, Nico Williams fell over him and then dropped the elbow on his side, which was that was a nice touch. I, I enjoyed that one. And kind of stealthily went under the radar. The best thing about it was is that I was listening to the local Nottingham newspaper have a podcast called Garibaldi Red that they had David Prutton on who's known for being a no-nonsense kind of player, to which he said he's lucky that one of the three back players didn't get him because he's like, he would have been in the stand. Because, yeah, take your pick out of Joe Worrell, um, McKenna or uh, Steve Cook. They're big lads and they don't mind putting their foot through somebody. And I think if they would have had half a chance, he would have been gone. I think I think Johnson absolutely did what was needed to be done at that point in time on the basis that I think the back three already had yellow cards. So he, he absolutely took that for the team because if they had done it, he'd have been a man down as well. But yeah, then of course, being the eternal troll that he is, Colin decided to join in and do his own little creepy-ups. To which I felt like replying to his Twitter kind of thing, can I come and stand in your garden and we can recreate how Johnson went through you? Because I'm pretty sure I could break your legs, you old prick. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, it, it's just, it was just a bit unnecessary. And you kind of think, it, it would have been bad enough if they were giving us an absolute stuffing. But, you know, we were, they hadn't. Um, but, yeah, you know, people like, you know, people saying, oh, you know, it's not in his character. It is fully in his character. That is what you would expect from a Charleston. So, yeah, a 2-0 win for Spurs. Kane scoring two, but also missing a penalty. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the, uh, the, the scores in just a moment. But I didn't notice that something was brought up by BBC um, was that Nottingham Forest fielded the first entirely British and Northern Irish starting eleven for a Premier League game since Blackpool did the same against Man United in May 2011. So we're talking, what, nearly 11 years? No, no, over 11 years. 
um, since that was last the case. Um, and it just just uh, it does go to show that obviously the amount of foreign imports that come into the Premier League this year, this 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 sort of this time, I, I don't know what I'm trying to look for there. Uh, they sort of in the in the current guys uh, just means it's very difficult to find. Um, or, or it's, it's very unusual, so I say not difficult, but very unusual that you get an entirely um, Britain and Ireland based uh, eleven. Um, Anyway, moving on to the actual um, predictions itself. So, um, Matt had gone for a 2-1 Spurs win. So, he gets the point for the Spurs win. He did have Kane and Son to score, and, and Gibbs White to score for number four. So, two points there for Mr Moore. Um, I've kind of done this in the wrong order, because uh, Andy had a 2-1 at Nottingham Forest win. So, no points there, sadly, for Mr Cook. He did have Kane to score for Forest, though, so he does get himself a little point on the back end there. Myself and Stu obviously saw this in the old crystal ball. Went for a 2-0, a Tottenham Hotspur win. Two points apiece there. We had also gone for Harry Kane and Son to score in this one, so no Son goal. We do get a point for Kane. So, weekly scores up to this point, three games down. Um, Mr Cook with four points in total. Myself with five points in total. Mr. Woodmansey, six points after three games, but storming ahead with a whopping seven points is Mr. Matthew Moore. Can he extend that lead when we come on to the next game, which is QPR versus Hull City? But before we get on to that, we are just going to take a short musical interlude and then we'll be right back. Recording in progress. Well, I feel, personally, much enlightened after that music there. It was beautiful. We continue on, as I said, with the QPR Hall City game. Uh, dare, I, uh, dare I ask, Mr. Wubbensy? We never... Like, we haven't done well at QPR since Jared Bowen <laughs> went... <laughs> And I know that's fairly recently, but generally speaking, QPR is not a happy hunting ground in my memory. Uh, and it proved to be the case once again after Hull decided to just not bother playing for the first 15 minutes of the game entirely. Um, again, uh, obviously didn't go to London, uh, despite the fact that the club actually put on a free coach for everybody who bought a ticket, which was, um, I'm sure they're delighted about that right now. Um, but yeah, the, it wasn't good listening again uh, got to the game and when the, even the manager came out after the game and said we need to stop waiting for the teams to slow down for us to catch up that's not a good thing I know that they won They won obviously the game before against Coventry but like it sounded like they weren't in it really it's certainly first half against QPR seeing as they managed to, to score on 10 minutes with chair Laird scored on 15 minutes and Willock on, that was Willock on 40 minutes. Um, so 3-0 down at half-time, not ideal. But then, despite the fact he's been linked with a move to Barnsley, uh, Tyler Smith came on uh, and scored a consulate in the second half on the 85th minute. So technically, we won the second half. You know, managers to half-time talk 101 when you're 3-0 down. 
but they they did go out and sort of get a little bit of pride back, I suppose. But yeah, not a great night overall. Three one defeat. Mm. Obviously, teams on this podcast playing away at QPR seem to have a bit of a propensity for giving them a three 0 head start this season. Unfortunately, it's probably quite good that Forest won't play unless they gave in the cup or something like that. Um, yeah, not not a, not a great, not a banner day from a, from a predictions perspective. Um, myself and Matt had gone for a 1-1 draw on this one. Um, both had picked Estepinian to score for Hull. That did not happen. However, I picked Elias Chair and Matt picked Chris Willock. So a point there for myself and for Mr Moore. Andy sadly had a 1-0 Hull City win with Esther Pinian scoring the goal. So zero points. Our first zero of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Half a point for the second half, surely. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the way we do things in this, in this house. <laughs> um, it was his team, so he obviously knows them better than anybody else and did pick a 2-0 QPR win so Mr Woodmans he gets himself a point there he picked the Dykes to score for Queen's Park Rangers no points there but he also picked Chair to score Mr Moore has apparently raised his hand I mean he should have had Lyndon Dykes down as scoring a goal because wow the miss that he had in that game was it's Ronnie Rosenthal Esque. <laughs> Anybody seen it? Now I have missed this, as I, obviously my attention was taken with uh, the, the, the goings on at Vicarage Road, which we'll come to next. But yeah, I've not seen. Uh, I saw the first goal by Elias Chair, which, oh my word, what a finish that was! Yeah, yeah, absolute worldly that. Dykes had it. He was in the six-yard box, so three, four yards out, controlled it. Right-hand side of the goal, all he had to do was tuck it in the left-hand side and dragged it past the post. <laughs> I mean, it was magnificent. So this is this is my problem with Lyndon Day. Um, when he scored against the Borough earlier in the season, I think he'd been on something like an 18-game drought or something like that. So it's the standard, standard rules apply. If your strike is struggling, the Borough in We'll see how we get on. Um, so yes, 2-0 win with Chair and Dykes to score. So Mr. Wilmerson gets himself two points from that particular exchange. Running tall, Andy with four, myself with six. Matt and Stu tied eight points apiece. We move on to the aforementioned game at Vicarage Road, um, where Watford took on Millsborough. This was Watford playing their 100th anniversary of being at Vicarage Road, so a bit of a carnival atmosphere, you might say. Uh, they were playing in uh, uh, what I thought at the time was a special one-off kit. Turns out that is not correct. It was the third kit from this season, which was a black and white stripe number that apparently was uh, the kit they were playing when they first played at Vicarage Road. Mr. Woodmansey has a point. So I, I obviously, because Hull weren't on, so I, I watched the majority of this game. Can we just clear this up now? For everybody else on planet Earth that's ever seen Watford play at home, it is Vicarage Road. 100 years at the Vic is not a thing. It sounds like you've been in EastEnders too long. <laughs> Stop it now. See, obviously, 
for people who listen to the podcast or watch the podcast for a number of years, it's 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 not un- it's not unknown that I've spent a lot of time at Victoria Park watching Hartlepool United, and I would class that as the Vic, not Vicarage Road. That's just Shame, I, I've shame, been, on, I, shame on you, Watford. Shame on I've you. I've watched I've watched Hull at Vicarage Road before. It was a, it was a delightful nil nil draw on the last day of the season. Completely worth the trip. Um, but but yeah, it's, it wasn't the Vic then. It's not the Vic now. Just pack it in. The celebrations were muted, very much so. Within five minutes, as uh, Rodrigo rose at the back post following a. Horrendous rick by uh, Daniel Backman in the Watford goal to uh, score his first goal for the Borough since joining on loan from Fulham. Uh, Watford got themselves back into the game uh, later on in the first half with a very nicely sort of worked team goal. Um, I believe it was João Pedro breaking the ball from deep. Um, managed to run past what felt like pretty much 20 Middlesbrough players. Uh, and then led the ball into the path of Ishmael Assar, who uh, turned Alex Mauer and uh, stuck the ball under the uh, despairing dive of Liam Roberts in the middle of a goal to make it 1-1. Uh, then the game sort of peed out a little bit towards the end of the first half. Um, Middlesbrough under the cosh somewhat whenever um, Saar, or more importantly, Pedro, got the ball. Uh, and the second half, it's pretty much all Middlesbrough. Uh, most of the attacking intent, uh, one gill-edged chance for Matthew Clark, um, which was saved um, by by Backman making up for his earlier error. Uh, the game was peeing out to a bit of a 1-1 draw until the last minute when, uh, sadly, Watford were able to get an, uh, a last-minute winner um, by Bayo, uh, well, scoring his first goal for the club to join this summer. Uh, so, disappointment at the end for Middlesbrough. They lost the game 2-1. Obviously, Sky Sports were uh, giving it large. Actually, we've got, oh, it's just meant to be because of 100 years at the Vic. No. Can, yeah, I'll keep it. Um, you can shove it up. Um, predictions perspective. Andy, super, super optimistic. Had gone for a 2-0 Middlesbrough win. I Goal scorers, he went for what more than fours. Sad times, no points. Stu and Matt were literally seconds away from a two point jobby, both going for 1 1 draws. Uh, no points there, and they had both gone for Manage to score for Watford. Don't even think he made the squad. Stu <laughs> uh, had gone for what more to score for the Borough, and Matt had gone for Akbom score for the Borough. Akpom, I believe, is out until after the international break is over, if that makes any difference to anyone's predictions for later on. Um, myself, I knew the score. Middles would never do well at Watford, so I went for a 2-0 Watford win. Point for myself for that particular result. I had gone for Manage, the aforementioned Manage, who didn't hit the squad, so, you know, balls to you, Watford. Uh, and Aspria, the score, so no point for the goal scorer. Uh, but a point for the result. Uh, so that leaves Andy with four. I have managed to move myself up seven. Uh, and Stuart and Matt both locked on eight in the lead. Which leaves us with one game left for the week. And I'm pretty sure this is the main reason why Matt has joined the podcast this week. As Nottingham Forest travelled to the not-so-empty-had 
to take on Manchester City. This game has only just finished in the last hour or so. How did they get on, Mr Moore? 6-0 Man City. Holland scored a hat-trick. Cancelero scored one. Alvarez scored two. Man City had 75%, 75% possession. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's not in the you know, description of the game, I don't think you're ever going to get one. But... Yeah. Um, I, th- I think we all... We all... Apart from Andy, I think we all kind of thought that Forrest might be onto a bit of a hide in here, as was reflected in the predictions. Uh, Stuart Matt both four 0 wins for Man City. Andy did go for the one one draw, so was being, you know, somewhat optimistic. Uh, Bernardo Silva and Johnson to score. That's 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 the that's a zero point right there, I'm afraid, across the board. Um both Matt and Stu, as 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 said, have gone for a four 0 win. Uh, they both had Haaland to score twice. That's three points at least for you both there. That's something to, you know, take solace in. I, however, had gone for a 5-0 Manchester City win. Uh, I, I had Haaland down to score a hat-trick. Uh, Mares to score. No points there. But I did have Alvarez to get his first for the club. Well, he's gone in the charity shield, but um, this was his first in the league. Um, so I actually managed to get myself five points for this one game. <laughs> Outrageously, for the week, Mr Cook, a very respected four points from six games. Can't really argue with that. That's fair enough. Stuart and Matt, tied with 11 points. Absolutely ridiculous. In this, in this game, the 11 points doesn't even get you the win. But sneaking in just to take it right at the last, with the five points from the last game of the week. Thank you, uh, thank you, Erling Haaland, getting your second hat-trick in consecutive games, bringing me 12 points for the week and the win. Happy days. Didn't even get any points from that. I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say, lads. I'm, I'm really sorry, but that's just, just the way it goes sometimes. We move on to a new week in predictions world and uh, for the first time I think all season our games are spread across the entirety of the weekend and even the extended weekend if you will as we have a game on Saturday a game on Sunday and then a game on the Monday Night Football even though it's not even in the Premier League our first game of the week takes us back to Nottingham where Nottingham Forest will take on fellow promoted side Bournemouth Bournemouth coming off the back of a week where they have played twice and conceded Nine goals in one game, and then got a nil-nil the uh, the following game. So they've managed to sort of stop the rot, shall we say? I have gone for a two-one Nottingham Forest win in this one, with Dennis and a one-ye to score for Forest, and being the deep down Middlesbrough fan that I am, I think you can all guess who I've picked as my Bournemouth goal scorer. That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. He's got his banjo out with him. He's got, he's, got his, he's got his barn door. Marcus Tavernier is going to bag his first Premier League goal. Stu, I know, you, uh, I know you're a big Tavernier fan, so why don't you uh, just uh, you know, back me up here with, with your prediction. How many goals is Tav going to score? I have put Bournemouth to score a goal. <gasps> I have put Tavernier on my sheet. 
No. Purely for the fact that he could not score for shit for Middlesbrough. Um, it's not to say they can't do it for another team. So just just for the lols, I did actually put a Tavernier on the sheet. Wow. Um, wow. But the good news for Matt is that I did also put Forrest to score two goals. So ah. in in a, in, a, in a battle in a, in a battle of the uh, last season's championship players, having mentioned Tavernier, I've got Toffolo down to get off the mark for Forrest. And nice. seeing as I think he was. I think he was certainly on the bench, I think, for the, um, the game against Manchester City. I assume that he'll go back into the starting lineup this coming weekend, so I've gone for Lingard to finally get off the mark. He's got to score at some point. Well, you'd imagine so, but stranger things have happened. Mr. Cook. So. Forest 2 now. Course. Now we all, know, we all know I'm firing out for the first goal scorer, obviously Johnson. Um, and I'd seen something the you know in in the chat over the course of the week, and I was like, I don't even know if he's still considered to be in the Forest squad, but potentially ending his tenure there, he's going to get a goal before he goes. Surridge. Well, something that wasn't covered. In the transfer roundup, with rumours that Middlesbrough were looking to make a move for Mr Surridge. Uh, obviously, nothing's come about as of yet, but the transfer window doesn't close until tomorrow. So, there yeah. is a possibility that by the time this game rolls around, he may not even be in the squad anymore. But, let's, let's wait and see. As, as, of, as of recording, which is always the case, he is a Nottingham Forest contract player. Go on, Mr Moore, tell us how this one's going to go down. Well, I think, like, obviously, hopefully... You know, the, the big kind of thing about Steve Cooper is how he gets the team back together and forms a kind of thing. So you've got a lot of work to do in two days. <laughs> um, so hopefully he'll turn it around. But I've gone for a 2-1 Forest win. Um, yeah. I mean, if they don't win this one, then... You know, there's a run of games. That I think you know, the start of the season was going to be difficult and they've got four points... I think the 6 0, you know, it's probably one of them things where you think probably could have happened, didn't want it to happen, kind of thing. But the next run of six games is like, we've got to come out with, hopefully, if we come out at the other end of the six games near the 20 point mark, that'll be really, really good because we're playing a lot of clubs that are around, they're around us. So Bournemouth, obviously, Villa are coming up, uh, Leeds are coming up all those kind of the teams that were going to be up against. Uh, so I've gone 2-1, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White and Lingard to score and Kiefer Moore to get one because, you know. Did it against them last season, didn't he? So. Yeah. Plus, you know, he's, he's the sort of <clears throat> that, would, uh, that would definitely score against Forest. So, that is the Forest game. Done and dusted. We move to Sunday. Is there any particular reason why this one's being played on a Sunday? Not that I know of. No, because Sheffield United played last night. Yep. Hull played last night. So interesting, but it's not. It's not. It's not on live. It's not live on TV, is it? That is a great shout, Matt. Because I think it might. 
it might be the KRFC Rugby League derby, which um, clearly ah. I don't give a shit about. So um, <laughs> get out of the stadium, you filthy. I, I just threw I it out there. there. I was like, well, you know. I bet they're going to enjoy the fact that on on that Sunday, Hull and Sheffield United get to play a delicious game of football, a cabbage patch that's been left by uh, lots of uh, heavy set men um, trudging around with a, with, with a ball in there. I, I could go into this every time. I'm not going to get too bogged down in it. But all of the rugby people that are like, oh, the footballers ruined the pitch for the rugby players. You're watching a sport that's watched by not even half of the country it's played in. Like, it's not... There is a World Cup in so much as that there is what... Like, not every country that plays football in the Football World Cup has a team that plays in the Rugby League World Cup. Now, hang on a minute. And also, rugby. Like, how much time does the ball spend on the floor? So, like, why, why does it matter? I, I get it, but... I get it in rugby league. Obviously, like you have, you have your tackles, so you've got a, like you've got your reset of the ball and stuff like that. But yeah, the majority then, of the time it's past it. It's it's the, they just turf they just turf the ground up with the stupid stupid game and ruin the passing surface. But yeah, that's that's all right. We're, they're allowed to do that. Go away. Um, but yeah. Ah. So anyway, yeah, I think it, it is it is the whole rugby league derby on there. Uh, Saturday, so yeah, fair enough. So that that explains the reason uh, why the uh, the ground will be doing overtime after uh, Saturday. So not only yeah. not only will I not get to see the highlights of this on the regular show, I'll have to then at some point endure the fact that the game will inevitably be absolutely gash because they can't pass. So wait, can't wait for that. It's Mister Woodbury's team, so he'll obviously go last. Let's go with Mr. Cook. What have you got for this one, Andy? So, we've got a few games. We've got a few weeks. I'm starting to make some adjustments to predictions. I have Hull 1, Sheffield United 1. Hull to, uh, to continue their undefeated streak in Andy's eye. Um, your goal scorers, please. Uh, Longman. Of course. And McBurney. Mr. McBurney has hit the goal trail recently with two in his last two starts. So I don't, that's a terrible shout. Mr. Moore? I have gone, <clears throat> unfortunately, for a 2-1 Sheffield United win. They seem to mm. be stride at the moment. Mm. Your goal scorers? Two fan for Hull. Did, did anything come out about his injury? I'm assuming he played at the weekend. don't know that he did, actually. I'll check that. Well, I've got... I'll give you my Sheffield United ones. Uh, Undai. Yeah. And <laughs> Ahmed Hozic. Oh, I, I, I just knew what he was going to do me over with this. I can't... I, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. But I'm sure I read something. Was he once on the books at Forest? He was at Forest. Yeah, he was one of those like youth prospects that mm. that, that was well talked of, but never really got the chance, and then left because he wasn't getting a game and fair play to him. Yeah, at Forest. Yeah, 
Forrester miss, missing out. I think he's their top scorer, and I'm pretty sure he's a centre half. Oh, he's a defender. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my God! How the hell am I spelling this? Tufan hasn't been in the squad for last night or for. So it's up to you, Matt. It's up to you whether you want to re-pick or if you think you'll be fit. Oh, I'll go with Figs. We'll get another Forest, Forest player in there. Ex Forest player in there. The change two fan out. Figueredo in. Yeah, he needs to atone oh, for his penalty uh, giveaway the other day. If they're playing hoofball, because you know the other hoofers have been there. Figueredo. I have gone for a one-two Sheffield United win. I've gone for Tete. To score for Hull. And then I've gone for Njai and McBurney to score for Sheffield United. Got a lot of duplication over the year, over the courses. Um, I dare say that Mr. Wilmsley might be cracking out a similar score to myself and Mr. Moore. What say you? You've called it. Uh, I have got Hull 1, Sheffield United 2. I do think there's the potential for that to go higher. To be honest, the rate that Sheffield United are turning at the moment. <laughs> they've, uh, they've definitely they've definitely hit their stride and they're obviously top of the league for a reason. I would have I would have picked it to be a 2-0 had we not had such a good home record because you said about being undefeated in Andy died. Mm. Well we are undefeated at home so far, so um that's why I've still gone gone with the goal. So I've gone for a Tete goal as well. Again, he's another one. It's about time we get off the mark now. Just crack on that, mm-hmm. so it's got to happen at some point. Uh, and then for Sheffield United, I've gone for Berg and Norwood. See, I almost picked Berg and then decided not to because I'm pretty sure some one of the Premier teams is just going to shit the bed and just get it tomorrow because he's too good for the division. The same with two strikers at Watford; they're too good to be playing in the, in the Championship. So. I think at least one or two of the Premier League clubs are going to test the uh, test the waters with some of the championship better players tomorrow. We come on to our final game of the weekend, and it's the not a derby derby. Uh, it's Middlesbrough taking up Tipper, taking on Sunderland, and um, this coming off the back of a week where Sunderland have lost their manager and replaced him with a Middlesbrough legend. So Alex Neal was given the uh, was given permission to talk to Stoke City, so was not in the dugout for their game Norwich on Saturday. Um, he then was announced as the new Stoke manager, I believe, on Sunday or possibly Saturday evening. Uh, and Tony Mowbray is coming to take the reins at Sunderland. He did have his first game tonight, which they won three 0 against Rotherham, but he won't have taken training with that. So his first official game, really comes against the side that he captained uh, when they were on the bones of their arse in the, uh, the mid eighties. <clears throat> Sunderland screwed themselves massively there because Neil was on like a rolling contract and he uh, wanted a new contract in the summer after getting them up, uh, to which they said no. To which then when Stoke came in and offered him a new a contract to go and manage there, he said yes. Um and then Sunderland offered him improved, improved kind of conditions, Terms. which he told them to get stuffed. And you kind of think, well, yeah, because you should have done it before. You should have taken care of him before after doing something that other managers have failed to do. The mm. most hilarious thing was on uh, 
I think it was on like Look North or BBC North East or something, they were talking to the locals in Sunderland. And they I were, was just going to say this. And they were slagging off Stoke. And I'm feeling like, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not saying that Stoke is potential <laughs> or nothing, but Jesus Christ, just sat in Sunderland. It is equal at best. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, you need to pipe down there, lads. Uh, <laughs> But yes, that was that that amused me greatly as the <laughs> occupants resident. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. As as uh, as Mister Moore just given us a little explanation there. I'll I'll go to him first for his prediction. I've gone for a one-all draw. I think that's a safe bet. Uh, your goal scorers, please. Note noted that Tuba is uh, probably not going to be ready for this one. Ah, he's 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 gone now. I've gone for Mooners, his towering header last night, uh, and Stewart for something. Ah, the old Loch Ness Drogba. Oh, nice. <laughs> God. That's, that's literally what they call him. Mr. Woodbansee. Uh, I have gone probably out of the Mr. Cook playbook and gone for a 3 1 home win. I thought they played pretty well against Watford, especially second half. I know there was there was patches of that first half where what them them two players that you mentioned for Watford absolutely ripped them a new one. But quite frankly, Sunderland do not have that in their locker. Um, so I have gone for Middlesbrough goals for McGree, Jones, and Crooks. I believe that's what is known in the prediction game as spread betting, and. Uh, the the Sunderland goal uh, is Gooch <laughs> Club captain. I, I almost picked him as well. We all know I picked him clearly, so let's move on. Mister Cook. Uh, honestly, I like I like the way that uh, Stu's thinking about this. Uh, I am less optimistic than Stu, but still optimistic. Uh, I've got uh, a Borough two-one win. Um, I'm going to keep saying these names until they actually score or play or whatever. What more and fours. And very much like Matt, I've gone with Stewart to score for Sunderland. Now, I like I like the what more pick as he is an ex-Sunderland player. So, as always, the ex-player rule comes into force. Um It's the it's a local derby, but it's not a derby, so form goes out of the window. Borough are undefeated at home this season, and Sunderland seem to have started the season quite well. Um, but I'm obviously not going to pick to go and lose against a, a local team rival on that. So I've gone for a two 0 win. <laughs> well, um, yes, I've gone for a two 0 win with Munitz and what more. To score the goals. Will that come to fruition? Only time will tell. The click of the pen indicates that the predictions for this week are done and dusted. I only have one thing to finish with, which is, um, we didn't cover it last week, as by the time of recording, the draw had not been made or was in the process of being made. Uh, so obviously, uh, not in the forest, uh, progressed to the third round of the Carabao Cup after the 
Grimsby last week, and their reward for getting to the third round was a repeat of their game from Sunday. They will play Nottingham. They are not employed. They will play Tottenham Hotspur in the third round. I don't know if a day has been specified yet for the game. I'll be really honest with you. I saw the draw. I saw who they were playing. Completely forgot who they were playing. So when you told me that, I was like, I think it might be Tottenham, possibly, kind of thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> It'll be a battle of the second teams, I would suspect. You would imagine so. You'd imagine that Kane probably won't play. So Jed will get, uh, get his game time, is what you're saying. Something, yeah. we didn't, something we didn't actually cover was the fact that Jed Spence did come on to make debut four Spurs towards the end of the game. Yeah, um, and he, absolute, he absolutely goosed the opportunity that he had, didn't he? Because he started... Nah, he, was, he, was, he was almost clean through, wasn't he? And he was like, oh, yeah. is he going to do it? He, sent, he, he, did, he did send a lovely message, though, thanking the supporters for their uh, kind reception and how it was to I make can't. his uh, debut against Forrest. Just I can't a wait. A little bit more salt on that. Day. I can't, oh, can't wait. If Borough gets Spurs and Cup, oh, 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 he's going to get some absolute pelts if he plays. Uh, which could be funny, as obviously Borough uh, dumped him out of the air last season. So. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I, have, I have nothing further, lads. So unless, uh, unless anyone else has got anything to bring to the party, that just leaves me with uh, one last thing to do, and that is to thank everybody for tuning in for yet another week of football-based nonsense and shenanigans. Uh, thank you to these three lovely gentlemen for joining me to uh, give you the rundown and the lowdown and the uh, general chitter-chatter of uh, Middlesbrough, Hull City and Nottingham Forest. And, uh, yeah, tune in again next week for another uh, enthralling instalment. Thank you once again and au revoir. Ah. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to come. If you want to send your predictions our way, if you've got a favourite team, let us know. Jump onto thecookiecast.com, there you'll find ways of getting in touch with us, whether it's social media or it's email, it's all good with us. You can also like, share, subscribe and comment. Slide this podcast over to anybody that you think might enjoy it. And generally, just get the word out. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye. And I'll see you then.